The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos. And, and talk, talk about, about it. it. Talk about it. All right. Thank you for tuning in once again to the world's only Sopranos podcast. Um, what is it? Three more episodes left. Three mm. more episodes oh. of Pod Yourself a Gun. Uh, three more episodes of Sopranos left. And um, we still haven't reached a thousand oh. um, five stars in a review. Yeah. Wait, what? I thought you meant patrons. A thousand and five stars review? We want to get, first of all, you're not allowed to talk right okay. now. Uh, second, <laughs> second of all. That's going to be fun uh, later. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm going to, no, we'll never hear the end of that one. Mm. Um, uh, second, no, I want to get a thousand um, five stars in reviews so that it says in the Apple podcast store, 1K. Uh, but Maybe you should enunciate. That's like the first step. Is being like a thousand unbelievable, five star reviews. unbelievable, yeah, one again. thousand five star one reviews on five iTunes. Star reviews, please. You please. gotta be like the TikTok voice. I, oh, I fucking hate that voice. And this, this podcast reached yeah, yeah. one thousand reviews. It's always really blown up. This filter <laughs> makes you look cool, and you're like, what? <laughs> Why is it yeah. this loud? No one can control levels. Everybody's peeking. No one... Just the kids. They're like, first they were vocal frying, and now they're just peeking on TikTok. Now they're peeking. And we can't control <laughs> what they do. Young. I will say there was a, a great review out of Great Britain um, mm. that came out a couple days ago. Um, it says, uh, David Beckham Fish and Chips. Mm -hmm. um, great pod. The best only Sopranos podcast by a mile, although Matt's infatuation with glory holes is baffling to me. If you want to use one, just do it already and stop trying to subtly bring it up every week to gauge its acceptability. No one's going to judge. It's good. It's you know, much true. It is true. Um, that's not, I never talk about that, but um, feel free to write those types of reviews. I just want to get them. Okay. In England, um, we call a glory hole a Todger lolly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Todger Lolly? <laughs> that that, that kind of works. 
I mean, Matt would. We call probably. that a wee in a loo. It's a little wee in a loo. A wee is is that a that's a p, isn't it? How do you say dick? Yeah, yeah. Todger. How do you say dick in British? I think I think Todger's like old school slang. Willy, but mostly Willy. Willy. Yeah. Oh, Willy. Willy. Look, oh, we call Willy. it a Willy Lou. Lou Willy. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, Charlie Penner's got the biggest dick in the world next to Jason, who's also got a really big dick and fat and delicious. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about from season 6B, episode 7, The Second Coming, and our guest today... Um, you know her from the Bituation Room podcast. You know her from the Young Turks. You know her from Newsbroke on AJ+. And I know her as my baby mama, soon to be wife. Ladies and gentlemen, Francesca Fiorentini is Hi. in the building. I'm here to cancel you all. Fetus Thank mom. Three episodes before it ends. Yeah. Dude, what? What if we got canceled? I just uh, wanted to say congratulations to you both. And uh, I wanted to ask if you're being supportive of Matt, because I know he needs a lot of support during this tough time he of He's having a pregnant He's getting all kinds of weird cravings. Yeah. 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 I'm, Str- strange food cravings. Yeah, I'm like, oh, dude, I want, I want more Taco Bell than usual. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like a 14% increase yeah. of Taco Bell desire. Sometimes I just straight up eat all the fire sauces mm. on nothing just like <laughs> yeah i put it in a bowl and I you just chew your it. way through the side of the packet not not the part where yeah. you tear through but definitely i could no, see no, you no. using your teeth on the side just your canines yeah. i'm a little raccoon man <laughs> who likes to but uh you 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 do not know how to open packages that's for sure if you've ever like any logical way you could begin to open any package do the exact opposite of whatever your brain mm-hmm. is telling you to do yeah, I, I mean, like see, tear I, here no what if i puncture and then connect the holes the first time i learned about that was when i sent him like we had uh we were bringing snacks to one of our nephews like soccer games and uh, they were like in little ziploc bags and my uh, sister-in-law just sent back a picture of like the Ziploc bag with the zip still zipped and the side just had like a tear out of it, like a <laughs> raccoon got to it, <laughs> which is like it says, I mean, it's like the perfect expression of uh, our nephew. And I sent it to Matt and he's like, oh, yeah, that would that, that's definitely something I would do. <laughs> I mean, you just like sometimes the fastest way to open something is to not think and it's, to just rip. It's true. That's true. Plus, it feels good. I can't do, do fine motor skills is the That's problem. That's true. So, like, if <laughs> but you, you play the guitar, which is weird. I'm bad at it. Mm. Yeah. That's why I'm bad at it, because I have no fine motor skills. Should have been a bassist. All right. but the So, uh, Francesca, this is the, the second time we've had you on. You're a returning champion. Thank you. I, th- I thought you guys got too big for me. Mm. No, 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 no. I mean, like, probably a little bit. Obviously, we're ve- we're very popular now. I mean, once you get a thousand five star reviews, I feel like well, you don't want to fuck with me. No that's more. trying to get yeah, we're trying to get into that four digit patrons area. We yes, haven't got there. We yet. are so goddamn close. Mm-hmm. That is just it's infuriating. Yeah, <laughs> please, <laughs> please uh, support our soon to be child. I know. We're honestly. just edging the whole time. Like, yeah. oh, nine sixty six. To... Oh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But um, so uh. Francesca, yeah. Do you have um like a favorite sex scene from The Sopranos? Sex scene. 
Oh, that's why didn't you tell me this before? I would have prepped. I just thought of this just now. Do you remember any fucking at all? There, it's definitely <laughs> not. Okay, first of all, obviously the pool scene with Tony and Carmela when yeah. they are not actually together and they right. sort of rekindle. That's like legitimately hot. That and then hot. I feel like there's some sort of like um, Tony and one of his girlfriends on like a kitchen floor at some point. There's, mm. Maybe there's like meat involved. Mm. <laughs> that sounds, that does sound <laughs> familiar, but I don't know which one. But it might have been more I think that's, abusive. Was that Valentina when she burned the egg beaters because she caught on fire? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. It was yeah. On fire she, sex is really my thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, do you find Tony Soprano attractive? Um, not physically. No. Are you sure? Yeah, I think. First of all, I think it's all the attitude. Like it's the mafioso attitude. Like this. Like, and God, this sounds really retrograde given everything that's going on. But there's some like <laughs> dumb deep alpha male response that some women have mm -hmm. that like attracts you for like five minutes and then when you stop to think about it in the sixth minute you're like that's a fucking terrible idea yeah that guy's so a nightmare let me let me know this is what i've heard and i and let me you can tell me if this is true or not but what i've heard is that first you get the money mm -hmm. uh and <laughs> then you get the power right and yeah. then following that you get the women is that generally how that works? Do you, Do you think that's find true that for Tony? In your experience is true. I've only dated broke dudes. Well, that's not... to, to support their dreams. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why. You know, look, cash poor, myself. dream rich. That's how you exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I watched a Little Mermaid too many times. Like, I can change him, or I'll change for him. It was like yeah, between yeah. that and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So the, what you're saying is Disney um, made me gay. Yeah, Disney, yeah, that Disney <laughs> made you trans, um, and also and that you're a beast. And she's hoping that one day you turn into a prince, into a blonde Aryan French <laughs> god. Matt is seriously that like you know when the beast finally learns how to eat soup, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you watch That's him like. like you need like a yeah. montage of him eating like a raccoon and then like slowly like his spine straightens and then pretty soon he's like Can using I, like a fork and a knife. He a fork and knife to yeah. cut the raccoon. Can I just say you guys are all misremembering uh, Beauty and the Beast. He actually never learns to drink soup right. Bell just decides the only way we can do this since he can't hold a spoon steady is to pick it up and drink That's it right. off the side. That's right. They so she changes the Asian way. Exactly. She changes for <laughs> Her him. Expectations. Yeah. Is this therapy? This is therapy. <laughs> um, but this is not a therapy podcast where we all try to figure out why I can't eat soup good. No. <laughs> this is a Sopranos podcast, and we cannot start the podcast 10 minutes into it already without playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, 
Once again, today we are going to be talking about from Season 6B, Episode 7 of The Sopranos, The Second Coming. Now, this episode came out on May 20th, 2007. Vince, break us off a little piece of that synopsis. Tony fails to reason with Phil as more problems increase with Anthony Jr. as his depression worsens. Okay. I mean, you can't just keep adding as and like expect I like that adding to be as like a over and over again. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like one step above adding and yeah. and then, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, They're doing like simultaneous cross-cutting. Yeah, situation. it's a lot of cross-cutting. Um, but Vince, what was happening? Yeah. Uh, May 20th, 2007 we in need America. Context for this episode and we're going to get that by going all the way back to the remember when machine. What? What? Remember Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. Yeah. We're taking you all the way back to May 20th, 2007, when this episode premiered. It was a Sunday. Uh, The Mighty Ducks were one win away from making the Stanley Cup finals, which Hmm. they went on to win. Which I just, remember that in in real Mighty Ducks. Yeah, the real Mighty oh, Ducks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They named him after the movie, which is oh, is okay. that true? I mean, what? What? Yeah, no, that's they, right, isn't it? Yeah, the movie oh, came I, out before the hockey team was a thing. Yes, that's what I. Thought. I remember when that happened. And I was like, really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. It's like I, sometimes I don't know the order of operate. Like I wasn't sure if. Bubba Gump shrimp actually mm. was a thing that existed first. Right. No, nope. because like that was the movie. That was all the movie, right? But in Forrest Gump, you know, there, what Forrest Gump was a lot. Everything of, is historic in Forrest Gump, right? You're exactly, blowing mm. my mind. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like the you know he he invents shit happens. Accurate. Yeah. He, he true, invents true. Like ping pong. I think he mm-hmm. invents uh, the Elvis bumper dance. bumper sticker he was with the happy face. Pro. Mm-hmm. In uh, with the Black Panther party, exactly. Right. He was he was the first person to uh, infiltrate the Black Panthers. Um, he killed Fred Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, anyways. Um, so go on, Mighty Ducks won. Yep, Mighty Ducks are one win away from Stanley Cup Finals. Who cares? It's mm-hmm. hockey. Uh, other mm-hmm. other things that were going on. Uh, you know, there was a presidential campaign going on. It was primary primary season, and. Mm. Uh, in that primary season, uh, John McCain, he had some choice words for Mitt Romney. This oh, is from no. the New York Times. It does not look like there's a McCain-Romney ticket in the offing. Consider Senator John McCain's latest repost to Mitt Romney, who has been attacking him lately for his support of the Senate's new accord on immigration. Quote, in the case of Governor Romney, you know, maybe I should wait a couple weeks and see if it changes, because it's changed in less than a year from his position before. Mr. McCain said on a conference call for bloggers. And maybe his solution will be to get out his small varmint gun and drive those Guatemalans off of his lawn. Uh, What? Is that a real line or did you just make that one up? That was three jabs at once to unpack it first. (laughs) Of course, Mr. McCain paints Mr. Romney as a flip flopper. A nod to the fact that Mr. Romney expressed support for immigration proposals in the past, not to mention that he changed his position on abortion. Uh, mm. Next, Mr. McCain makes a dig at Mr. Romney's, Romney's line when he was being questioned about his statement about being a lifelong hunter, despite not having had hunting licenses, that he was no big game hunter. Quote, I've always been a rodent and rabbit hunter, Mr. Romney was memorably quoted as saying. Small varmints, if you will. 
Uh, finally, the line about Guatemalans refers to an article in the Boston Globe, which quoted several people from Guatemala who said they had worked on Mr. Romney's lawn in suburban Boston while they were in the United States illegally, working for a lawn company that Mr. Romney hired. Damn. So just Ooh. a lot, just like a trident of zingers that he jacked. Oh, yeah, yeah they're, really, they're really going hard at each other. Mm-hmm. Certainly the discourse has never been more heated than that. I thought it was just regular racist. Yeah. But- there's nope. layers so yeah. yeah it's a layer an onion cake if you will <laughs> at least he knows the difference between a guatemalan and a mexican though see this is like back when right it's the head you know head shape right are, exactly yeah. the phrenology is different but mm-hmm. like the when when our racist politicians had some class and they knew about different nations in yeah. central america <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, other like, things rudy giuliani went on david letterman uh, and he said that he believes America might have gone to war in Iraq even if George W. Bush had not been president. Uh, mm. In response to a question from Mr. Letterman, Mr. Giuliani said that at the time America went to war, there were, quote, a lot of Democrats who supported it, unquote, and initially praised the president for his decision. Uh, he continued, true. it was the policy yeah. of the Clinton administration to have regime change in Iraq. So in a way, George Bush carried out what Bill Clinton wanted it to do and didn't get the opportunity to do. So who knows? Uh, I mean, th- th- not wrong. Not entirely wrong. Blaming no. Clinton? No, well, Clinton was, you know, bo- that was did spend all of his presidency just doing, like... He did do one invasion. Well, he, I mean, he did that, but also in Iraq, he would, like, bomb Iraq. I remember... Or no, he didn't do one invasion. He, he shot some uh, missiles. He blew up an... H.W. Bush did one invasion. Yeah, H.W. He continued the sanctions. Mm-hmm. He blew up that embassy of the Chinese, and they got real mad. Real mad yeah. about it. Um, you know, I gotta say that Rudy Giuliani character. Do I smell a future candidacy for president? <laughs> well, he goes in on to say, future? he he's Monday morning morning quarterbacking the Iraq war, and he's got a hell of a plan. This is mm-hmm. America's mayor, as we all know. Oh, yeah. He stopped the Turn crime. Turn around, Rudy. <laughs> stopped the crime. He did the nine eleven stuff that was yeah. good. Uh, He's going to get rid of all the squeegee guys in <laughs> Mosul. You're really yeah, on the right track the here. Problem. You're really on the right track here. I would have used I would have used an approach that I was familiar with in New York, the Comstat approach. Iraq stat, you know? How many people oh are working? How many factories are are open? How many children are going back to school? As well as reducing the violence because I think what happened in Iraq is we deposed Saddam. I think the vast majority of people in Iraq were very very delighted about that. I mean, they got rid of a trip, blah 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 blah. But after a while their lives were no better and in some cases their lives are worse. Uh anyway, he thinks we should use uh big Constat. data. We need the big data. He, uh, you know, he clearly was not watching The Wire at this time, which was I know. mostly about how Comstat was a disaster. I love the idea that he's just like, you know, the only way to win the war on terror is to use the very tactics we use on the war on drugs, which we are also <laughs> winning yeah, which by we're miles. Doing so well. Crushing it. I love that. That's so great. That You know, yeah. he should have been president. Yeah. If only he hadn't melted on live TV and farted in court and accidentally had a child molester on a press conference that he held at a some, landscaping store that he thought was a hotel. But that's all done now, <laughs> now that he's been on The Masked Singer. That's yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. We're all cool with him now. But it is true. Like, Giuliani has been a piece of shit for so mm. long. Yeah. Yeah. And he just got worse and worse yeah. and worse. And like there is like he had maybe like what I think a month 
after 9-11? Oh, yeah. I felt like for a few, like two or three months after 9-11, people were like, man, that guy showed such great poise. By not, By not leaving the not city? Not yeah. literally fleeing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, man, that guy's brave. Yeah. Um, and uh, then he like went on Saturday Night Live and was uh, like solemn. And people were like, this guy's a president. Yeah. The worst thing he ever did was tuck tuck the junk and have like a full like he was wearing a Rockettes outfit and so oh, you could just yeah. he tucked the junk oh he totally t- it was he like was completely tucked he was doing a, I don't even know what it's called <laughs> well behind if you look from behind I mean, when I you tuck that, it's a fruit basket I support that for anyone else yeah not Rudy Giuliani yeah that's too much hanging meat anyways yeah. anywho he also married his the cousin the war was going well anywho right? yeah. yeah the war was going great there's you know only a few suicide bombings to report on this Very day. Few. Uh, we I always need one outlier uh, story that has no okay. historical relevance. Uh, so Do this it. one is from the Post. Uh, it's it's about rentals in the Hamptons for the summer season. Uh, oh. Ladies and gentlemen, start your hybrid engines. The Hamptons 2007 season is here, and says Corcoran broker Greg De Persia. You can get in for under four hundred thousand dollars. Uh, that's for a summer rental, by the way. That's not the home price. Uh, f- mm-hmm. 450000 Yes. Uh, I think it's for a month. It doesn't quite say, but I'm assuming that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe for the whole summer. I'm not sure. Uh, $450,000. East Hampton. Memorial Day to Labor Day. Oh, so there you go. Uh, okay. Brokers had to knock $100,000 off the rental price for this exquisite 18,000 square foot, 13 bedroom estate because last year's renters... CVS drugstore chain heirs blabbed that it was haunted by the ghost of a former resident, flamboyant Hampton's antiques dealer, Barton Kaplan. (laughs) Kaplan was found dead in his swimming pool four years ago, naked except for the jungle red polish on his toenails. (laughs) For... For the Don, you can't rent that out for five hundred thousand. There's a gay ghost in there. Well, you see, this, make it four. This I thought Jewish was gay ghost. I thought someone was choking me at, at night, and it turns out he was actually autoerotic asphyxiating me, and it was the hottest thing that ever happened to me. I woke up being face fucked by a gay antique dealer ghost. You're just trying to get dressed in the mirror, and you hear like. Mm. Yeah. Don't wear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are my you toes look... red all of a sudden? <laughs> you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is incredible. That's my favorite ghost. For the brave new renters, it's worth the doors slamming in the night, faucets running at will, and lights flickering. It has a sumptuous master suite with sauna, banquet dining room, screening room, elevator, two wine cellars, indoor spa area, and gym. Neighbors include Jerry Seinfeld, Renee Zellweger, Donnie Deutsch, and Helmut Lang. Meanwhile, Kaplan's dad has hired a psychic to get rid of his son's ghost so he can sell the spread. (laughs) (laughs) He's asking $19.5 So did he kill himself, or was it he just drowned in his own pool? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was like... (laughs) Maybe it was something that you would be really into, like an auto-erotic, uh, almost drowning. I don't know what mm. you call that, like auto-erotic aspirating? Yeah, yeah. It's breath play. Maybe we know he that. tied a cinder block to his... Uh, yeah, throat. and then wrapped his head in a bag. Maybe he did an AJ Soprano. Yo. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, but it worked. Imagine AJ Soprano tried. haunting the house. Oh, just <laughs> you can hear cinder, bo- cinder blocks clinking at the bottom of the pool at you all hours. Cinder blocks clinking. Uh, you hear fucking chameleon air just playing. You know, at random times of the day. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's scary. There's a lot of other listings. Most of them do not have that much color to them. Uh, there is also a $7.9 million uh, rental at Watermill. Here's another Christy Brinkley shocker. The North Haven Love Nest, where her soon-to-be ex, Peter Cook, seduced teenage Diana Bianchi, is not on the market. But Brinkley's water- charming waterfront beach house is. Uh, and she was someone who... Uh, Christy Brinkley was obviously, you know, National Lampoon's vacation, right? The yeah. very first. She's she's the hot girl in the red car. Oh, yeah. She, she was hot. Yeah, she, yeah, that's true. She, uh, yeah, Billy Joel was her second <laughs> wife, a second husband. Uh, yeah. She had uh, four in total. She's been divorced since 2008. Which, you know. And one of her husbands uh, seduced a teenager. What's her sign? I don't care. She, <laughs> but like her rising sign. Uh, she's an Aquarius, February 2nd. Mm, what's her rising? I don't know. <laughs> no one knows the rising. Probably okay. Aries. I don't know. Who cares? Those are, those are the pains in the asses, aren't they? Those Aries? I don't know. Stop being such a Taurus, Matt. I yeah. just I don't want to talk about signs. <laughs> what about the movie shines signs? M. Night Shyamalan. What yeah. movies were happening uh, at the time? <laughs> top movies in the country uh, were, survey says... Uh, they were Shrek the Third, $121 million. Hell of a gross. Mm. Great job, Shrekky. Uh, Spider-Man 3, 28 weeks <laughs> later. Georgia Rule and Disturbia. Mm. Um, the top 28 weeks later. pop song was Buy You a Drink. Bu- sorry, Buy You a Drink. Drank, yeah. In parentheses, Shoddy Snappin. Uh, mm-hmm. by yeah, she is. T-Pain featuring T-Pain, yeah. Young Jock. Great song. Uh, and the top rock song was What I've Done by Linkin Park, who uh, once were interviewed by Matt Lieb for my mm-hmm. website. And, Dumb drunk. Yeah. And I, well, I interviewed the, an interview the that I got an email from my editor being like, <laughs> What asking this? me to edit parts of it out where it made you look dumb and i was like no but that's like the funny part that's the part that's good yeah him not knowing about lincoln park is why yeah. it's funny yes did you just ask him about t-pain the whole time no i just i think i <clears throat> i asked him if he liked scary movies i've never <laughs> been good at interviews hey no offense to the lincoln park uh fans in our in our listening audience but yeah. boy every time i hear that i'm like this is like the music that will be playing in my personal hell like there's just yeah. like a shitty casio beat and some guy screaming over it and then like occasional like shitty new metal that pops in sometimes yeah, a little bit They're of rap so a little bad bit of rock. it's fucking yeah. terrible i yeah. remember like the first they were their first single i was like is this a joke are we someone's was that crawling in my skin yeah yeah. yeah, that song rules, though. I You're was done. I was just one step closer to the Every edge. Every so often, yeah, Matt tries to turn me on to new metal. Well, I would never do that with Linkin Park. I don't think you're there yet, but I do occasionally <laughs> play her. Works. I play her some corn, and uh, yeah. I'm, try- I'm trying to get her to walk down the aisle to uh, freak on a leash. But... See, I don't like corn, but I can respect corn. Like, I can, I can understand mm. what things are good about corn like it's got the funky slappy bass and the yeah and the and it's got the scatting. drums funky and slappy bass yeah and then yeah. he's he does like the it's kind of works on the same way that andy kaufman waiting for him to do the mighty mouse theme is it's like that but you're totally. waiting for jonathan davis <laughs> to do yeah. like the gibberish 
He does yeah. gibberish better than Anthony Kiedis. Not not a lot of people are brave enough to say that. He does completely. That, but, I completely agree. Yeah. He is the gibberish king. People just uh, don't recognize. It, I think the history books will. Yeah. Modern um, day scat man from yeah. Jonathan Davis to Anthony Kiedis. That's my. I'm working on book pitches. That's going to be. The I think that's going to be a great book. Uh, um, anywho, that's been uh, the. Remember when machine. All right. Well, so that's what was happening at the time that this episode came out. Um, and of course you, you, uh, you read the synopsis. Um, sure did. Sure did. It, it was, it was, uh, fine. But, um, <laughs> this week's spot B story, uh, is a little bit different. Well, maybe I should explain it. Do I need to explain it? I don't know. I, I, think, I, people, uh, I think people understand the concept well, of Bada stories. Yeah. Why you chose the song? I chose uh, this is uh, I chose the song because um, I've been thinking about this for months, maybe years, about what song I would do for the um, AJ's about to kill himself episode, and um, and I think I came up with the right choice. Hmm. So here it is. See, oh okay, oh yes. Can so, I ask a question? Uh, please. So uh, the other day, I don't think you were on this text or were involved in in any way, but Justin okay. Halpern, friend of the show, past guest, uh, mm-hmm. showrunner of Harley Quinn Extraordinaire, he sent me a text that just said, I think Matt should really embrace Evanescence. Did you? <laughs> what? No, I wasn't on that. You had no idea? That was just complete coincidence? I, I, complete coincidence. Wow, hive mind. Wow, he just—I think he just knew that I was ready for it emotionally, yeah. physically, spiritually. Are you sure that, that wasn't a- like you and the other uh, Jews getting together to set the uh, agenda for the media? The agenda, the pod, the media agenda. Yeah, they said uh, we're bringing back Evanescence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got well get together. Said okay, now to the um, the podcast cabal of Jews, uh, which includes Matt Lieb and. Present. Sometimes I wonder what do people As- know from Evanescence these days. <laughs> Ezra Klein is just like I think Matt should do Evanescence as well. Uh, anyway, so that is um, Ira Glass gets in there. God, there's a lot of Jews today in on podcasts. the show on This American Life. Yeah. Uh, we're going back yeah. to the new metal era. Uh, when have you been woken up inside? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, this listen American to Life. Save me from myself. <laughs> Anyways, let's read a ta- poem. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. 
is Simon Rich. Um, <laughs> I really sing that good, by the way. You do. That was you incredible. Didn't, I'm you sorry. Didn't do nothing to my voice. I, I had to <laughs> inject my anecdote in there, and it kind of buried the lead that you did an incredible job. Nah. That's all I wanted to hear. Do, you see, this is why I do it. Do Sopranos <laughs> duets make your marriage stronger? Would you say? I think so. I, I I've been excited about this for. A while, I was like, yes. yeah. As soon as I figured out Evanescence was going to be the one, I was mm -hmm. like, Francesca and I. We fucked immediately after for the first time we in did. weeks. Oh. We did. It was great. <laughs> we had sex immediately. No, I'm, obviously, that's a joke. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have sex all the time. <laughs> yeah, every day. Every day. We set so, a timer. Okay. Uh, now. <clears throat> All right, so now let's get into the episode. Um, general thoughts. Vince, how did you like this episode? I think this is a brilliant episode, a perfect sort of um, closing out the whole arc of the series. Like to me, um, this like this the the core of this episode, um, I mean, it opens with asbestos blowing in the wind. Uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, AJ tries to commit suicide and after mm -hmm. it happens Polly says you know T it's these friggin toxins it's me it's all these toxins they're exposed to it fucks with their brains between the mercury and fish alone it's a wonder there ain't more kids jumping off bridges um and <laughs> yes. that's sort of like the inherent uh conflict of the Sopranos is that mm -hmm. they're trying to be uh, they're trying to be like 50s mafiosos and also uh like late aughts um, upper middle class right. Americans and there, yes. these two things are like always in conflict with each other right. and uh, this episode uh, really waved those weaved waved it waved those two strands over and it was like hey <laughs> can I tie you together and he was like yeah Maron <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> hey we got a sailor's not going I'm tying strings over here no it did I think you're absolutely right I actually I didn't even catch uh, I didn't catch that I just kind of uh thought of Polly's statement as um, just kind of a funny aside that, of course, he would think, you know, the reason for teen suicide has to be the uh, the, the, toxins. the toxins. Well, it's sort of <laughs> like they're all talking about their kids being fuck ups and yes. with no acknowledgement of why. It's sort of like the Havana Syndrome episode of The Sopranos <laughs> where it's like yeah. they all have these uh, these these ambiguous maladies and they don't want mm -hmm. to acknowledge the fact that they are all... Uh, you know, they're putting this weird, they're living in this fractured state of being at all times where their their compartmentalized lives are always in direct conflict with each other and it's uh, driving them right. all crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I like relate it to Havana syndrome is because I, I feel like being a diplomat must be like kind of the same thing. I mean, I know the Havana syndrome is mostly like CIA people, but I would think like the life of a diplomat is the same kind of conflict because it's like you're mm. living this cosmopolitan uh existence going to these other countries and sort of like learning their customs and their and you're you're you're, you're exposed to this whole different way of life while at the same time you're having to your job is like selling american policy which right. uh usually is like completely ignorant of all that shit so you're you're like over there to uh you know, learn and become better while also like having to be a salesman for like the most mm -hmm. backwards instincts of your home country a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, it's gotta be, it's gotta be tough. It's uh, it's an interesting time to be uh, directly 
responsible for the mental for the mental illness of your kids we'll we'll put it that way yeah but it's also an interesting like i feel like it connects to aj in college because it's such a perfect college experience yes which is you're learning about the world you understand that things are really fucked up oh my god they're way worse than you thought and then yet you are like just still kind of a kid and you feel helpless (laughs) to change any of it and you're mad at the world and so you're both Whatever you're like alienated and shit. Yeah, um, and yeah. that's I think well, you, he, this whole episode. He's learned just enough about like world events to use it as a deflection. Just like Tony has yes. learned just enough about psychotherapy to like use it to further his own yes. bullshit. Just like yeah. Janice has learned the same thing. Like Janice is always, uh, you know, like using some sort of uh, kind of hippie liberal excuse for terrible behavior or kind of illness as a way to be like, you know, I have no responsibility because I've got the Epstein bar. (laughs) It's not my fault. That's what they've learned. Yes. Janice feels like, I feel like some of liberal Twitter come to life. Oh my God. Like Janice Janice in 2022 would be so entertaining. Oh, I I mean. And also the worst. Yeah, she'd be the same. (laughs) Yeah, she's the same. But she would also be a hero. Like a virtue signaling sociological, uh, sociopathic predator. Like that's the whole deal. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, I think nothing uh, shows what you were talking about, Francesca, kind of like the recently woke uh, college student uh, in AJ than the scene where he is uh he kind of busts in during dinner with uh Kelly who has just had her husband you know <laughs> died in a car wreck and starts complaining about the meat industrial complex and uh, I have a clip of that I made your favorite steak pizza you know they spray virus on beef rather than clean the rat shit out of the slaughterhouses what is this now Jesus Christ it's true <laughs> read the paper I do read the paper never heard that I'm not talking about the sports page. In the FDA, they approved a virus spray because it kills a similar bacteria found on meat. Must be a good thing then. And for the meat packers, the fucking god of the bottom line. All right, that's enough. We're trying to eat here and you're upsetting people that have been through a tragedy. Fine. Bury your head in the sand. How about I bury yours in that fucking wall instead? Tony. 20 years you won't crack a book. All of a sudden, he's the world's foremost authority. <laughs> Spraying virus you know, on beef sounds like Tony's trip to Vegas. Am I right? Hey. hey. <laughs> oh. That's how you make the gabagool gaba good. <laughs> um, what I love about this is that, like, so I do love wa- watching Tony trying to be patient with AJ, uh-huh. you know, and then blowing up. But the, the I think what makes AJ like doing the peak undergrad thing is like, I think at that age, you finally wor- learn that like the world does not revolve around you or you learn there's a world outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know how to process that. So you find a way to still make yourself the center of it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like. It's not that, oh, I am, you know, uh, you know, that, oh, out in the world, there's all sorts of crime and war and whatnot. It's that sucks. And how does it affect me? (laughs) You know what I mean? He does. He is like the like human personification of like making a case for trade schools and stuff. Because it was totally it was like that era we were pushing, you know, like every kid 
to go to college and like AJ is like a lifelong D student, like complete idiot. Yeah. Like anything that he's going to get out of liberal arts education is just going to make know, him depressed. Yeah. <laughs> shitty self-justification. Was, he's never done the reading. Exa- totally. That's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, man, he just should have gone to military school. Like, <laughs> yeah. He just, yeah. and I never say that. And that'd be awful. And, yeah. oh, but like he just needed, anyway, we can talk he about the structure. He was doing structure a little bit later. He was doing but, great when he was on a construction site. Like he was, you know, he's true. building something. He's learning a skill. And now he was waking up early. He met a girl. Yep. Like things were going good for him. Things were going true. great. And then now he got a little bit of knowledge and it has ruined his entire life because he's too, too stupid to, to handle any of it. But that's also yeah. kind of the sort of like middle upper class, you know, college educated dream that you were talking yeah. about and yeah. that Tony wouldn't want his life for aj right and not that aj should like go into the mob but you know he's not meadow and aj's just well, perfectly yeah. unprepared for every single thing in life and i think that- that's it's like a perfect uh time for this storyline to happen because i feel like now like we, we are kind of to the point where uh it's not just we don't just tell every kid like, Hey, go to college. So otherwise you're going to be flipping burgers. Like, right. like, right. but at, in 2007, that was like the standard line. Like everybody had right. to go to college because otherwise you're going to get one of those jobs. Like you right. know, one yeah. of those like service jobs. And, right. <laughs> and those are for poor people. You don't want one of those where you're actually mm-hmm. doing something. Yeah, exactly. You don't want, you don't want a job that actually serves a purpose. Right. You want something where you sit at a desk and just a VC gives you money to figure out <laughs> yeah, an yeah. app. You got to learn how to send emails on Black Friday about. Uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I also, I, I super identify with AJ as someone who got insanely politicized. Yeah, sure. In my first year of college, which was in, earlier than this, but 2001 and like, you know, 9-11 happened and basically all the right wingers I saw were essentially a bunch of Tony Sopranos being like, never forget, you know, yeah, um, right. and, yeah. but, but it's this like, in this house, sev- Columbus was a hero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just like this severe, uh, like inability or in a feeling of inaction. Like, where do I plug in? What right. do I do? You know? And like, you know, AJ should have gone, just go to a fucking campus meeting. But of course, and this is sort of the depression creeping in. It'd be like, it's not only I have this critique of the world, it's that anything you do to stop it is useless and pointless. Right. And uh-uh, everyone's messed up and everyone, you know, is bad faith and whatnot. Right. So he's just cynical about it all. He's cynical about all people and uh, anyone trying to do... He's he's very blackpilled. He's like the right. like blackpilled well, Twitter nihilist. Yeah, he can only, he can only do enough of the reading to become blackpilled. He can't actually like study the root causes of any problem <laughs> or come to like a realistic point of view of anything it's just right. uh this like random detritus floating through his brain that it's he but uses that also his... he can use to bolster his own like already yeah. s- his sadness that he already right. got and yeah. also then you there's like extreme privilege you're like yeah you know we can get into the discussions between carmel and and tony yeah but you're like yeah this is rich kid you know depression yeah it, rich that's kid what it feels like it's rich kid malaise exactly <clears throat> yeah and you know he's he's definitely like it's funny because he has been a new metal kid this entire time <laughs> um and you know the the whole like shit sucks break stuff <laughs> like you take that and you point it inward and it's like that that's exactly what melfi said like depression is rage turned inward and he's like he literally just found 
the right poems and the right news uh, sites yeah. to make him be like, shit sucks break stuff like it's like it's changed his, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the message is the same but the tone is is more intellectual which right. i love um so yeah he uh it's a great it's a great aj episode um so we're we should start with that i think um so yeah like you said the opening scene it's a grip of asbestos is laid out on the side of a road and just kind of infesting a local lake or some sort of water supply Shit looks pretty bad. Um, meanwhile, this is, I think, maybe the third or fourth episode in a row uh, where we start off with Tony in bed. Mm. Um, I feel like this whole season is is has been Tony in bed has been our introduction to Tony. So Tony's in bed. Looks like maybe the morning, maybe the middle of the day. I can't really tell. And so is AJ. And AJ is looking depressed. And he turns on Riding Dirty by Chameleon Air. <laughs> And listens to it at full blast while still having a depressed face on, which I, <laughs> I fucking love that. I like what, um, yeah, I like watching these shows with the subtitles on because I hear, uh, like I seeing the the lyrics to songs listed out in the subtitles. Uh, like it, it's it's weird because a lot of times it's like con- correcting things the lyrics that I had misheard right. for like years, and uh, and this one I was like, oh, that's what the song's about. Now I get it. Oh, you just, you never knew riding dirty. They're Not trying really. to catch the cops. See him rolling, yeah, and they're hating, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're patrolling and they're trying to pull him over to see if he has, uh, you know, drugs or yeah. guns on him. I mean, it's pretty obvious now that I realize. Now that like, you think about it, <laughs> I, like I never gave it a second of thought ever. I always thought it was funny that cops could be hating. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of things. I think like, that is just hating. I, I honestly think, <laughs> as reductive as that sounds, that is pretty accurate reason yeah, for, for, sure. for like what cops like. That's what they do. They just be hating. Yeah, they, they be hating. They see a black guy <laughs> behind a wheel of a nice car, a nice car in yeah. a in the hood, and they're like. He's riding dirty. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so then, uh, you know, AJ is in therapy. And um, yeah, he's, you know, clearly depressed again. And he's opening up a little bit about some of his stuff. And um, he once again um, brings up a class that he's taking. And I have a clip. Your classes, how are you enjoying those? That's pretty depressing. The Israeli Palestinian conflict. People blowing each other up because. Their God says they're allowed to live in a certain patch of fucking sand. And other people's gods say they're supposed to live there. Uh-oh. You know what that sound means? It means it's time for our reoccurring segment, Who Started the Israeli-Palestinian <laughs> Conflict? Uh, just kidding. That's not really a bit that we do. Um, yeah, no, let's, uh, let's continue. Did you try to stop the beating? I'm one individual. Uh, what could I do? You think your feelings about Blanca in any way relate to this African boy? She's not black. I mean, she's pretty tan. Oh, yeah. I think it's one of the amazing things about AJ is um, his ability to say dumb things in a way that you're like, I think if given the correct tools, he could be smart. <laughs> <laughs> right. If we could just way... go back in time and live 
his entire childhood over again. Yeah, just like there's just a few pieces that I just want to like shift around so that he understands things because I, I you can tell he has this like thirst for knowledge and and self exploration and uh and just like I don't know he wants to learn he does have that in him but he's got no um ability to like synthesize information in a way that yeah is... well he got israel palestine all wrong <laughs> well <laughs> first of all uh and, well, yeah, and he also... said he missed the first two classes though <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> the first two classes i think is well, where the third you... one made him depressed yeah 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 if you just get in in the middle like that then you know who knows who started yeah um but yeah i just love him just you know she he's his therapist is trying to be like do you think that there's a connection here between <laughs> you know how you feel about what happened to the african boy and what's going on with you and blanca you know and he's, he's just like she's not black yeah and then he thinks about it and he goes well wait wait a moment Hang on. Yeah. wait a moment she is pretty tan <laughs> There could be a connection there. And it's like, God, fuck, you're stupid. This is incredible. <laughs> this is an incredible amount of stupid. And you just like, yeah, man, trade school. Yeah. I, I don't even know what the therapist was trying, like what the parallel was, like his empathy for the African kid and his empathy for like Blanca's socioeconomic situation. I think and... it's it, yeah, it's it's the fact that, um, you know, his he is feeling, I think, a. I think an extreme amount of white guilt and privilege. Yeah. Right. And, and he, he understands his class privilege. He understands his white privilege and he understands kind of um, his American privilege. You know, the fact that like he talks about, um, you know, I was watching CNN and, you know, they showed this like Iraqi hospital. They don't have enough med medicine and supplies. And then they cut to uh, this the Mall of America in Minnesota. And there's all these gigantic fat people walking around. <laughs> and he's just like he he has it's that thing that I think a lot of people go through, especially I mean, you know, like young white people who go to college specifically where you kind of learn that, uh, you know, you start reading CRT. Yep. And it tells you how, you know, you're bad but and then you kill yourself. It's always interesting for me because Meadow is completely the opposite, but in kind of a more elitist way. Like right. Meadow always saw herself as like part of like the charity class or right. like the philanthropy class, mm -hmm. you know, right. that was going to like, you know, be the head of a nonprofit she, yes. or be like a, yeah, a, she, a lawyer. She knows she has the privilege, but she's going to try to use the privilege for good, you know, as opposed to beating herself up for it because i think i think but she has she knows like her place in some way i don't think she really has like that radical of it like she never let it get her down no no she never really questioned she probably didn't feel that much guilt no but it also she makes she seems like this like also not a believable product of tony and fucking Carmichael. She, she's, she's i can see she it. understands well she's just smart enough to compartmentalize and she has like yes. the overachievers ability to uh to compartmentalize and and like take her totally. own you know like to to understand and or to understand inherently that what she's doing is good and uh and proper right, mm -hmm. right. And, and to like you know not fucking um 
I mean, she uses, she does the same thing. She uses the, the, the shit she's learned, the lingo she's learned, um, about, you know, racism and, you know, bigotry and systemic oppression. And she uses that to, um, spin a justifiable reason for why maybe the mafia exists or why the feds are bad. She has the, she has the ability to synthesize, uh, the AJ lacks where AJ has just gotten to the stage where he can. Uh, he can categorize and so he can yes. like point to things and create illusions, but it's not really solidified in any kind of worldview or self image for him. Just no, yet. no, it shit right. sucks, break stuff, but he is, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't know how to put stuff back together. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, meanwhile, Meadow is trying to, I think, trying to get him to, I don't know, snap out of it. And they have a, a great scene together. Um, and uh, I have a clip of that. I was just watching Borat on cable. You can watch that thing 50 times and it's still hilarious. True. It wasn't fair to the people involved. <laughs> you loved it when it came out. I got to say, I think there is no more perfect uh, example of someone who is like clearly depressed and will find any reason to be depressed than... <laughs> being like Borat wasn't fair to the people involved. Like that is <laughs> right. That is an incredible <laughs> amount of like mental gymnastics to be like, wait, why is this also bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. What's going on with you? Is this still about Blanca? You know, I don't know anymore. I know how you feel. Okay. When Finn and I split, I cried every day for like a month. You realize we're going to bomb Iran? You don't know that. You watch. You need to learn to shut stuff out. Are you crazy? I mean, do you hear what we're talking about? You say that, but I come in here and you're surfing the web for porn. It's not porn. Al Jazeera? Hell yeah. Uh, AJ Plus, baby. I love the idea. I love that AJ is just watching AJ Plus and being like, have you seen the Francesca Fiorentini videos? <laughs> These are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, just a few more years, we would have been there. I know. We would have been right there on The Sopranos. Fuck. Um, this is, I feel like you're kind of feeling, you're seeing this age difference. Because like a few years yeah. ago, Meadow was kind of in that the thick totally, of it too. Totally. She was They'd a been closer once. in age. Mm-hmm. And he, she was going off on Tony all the time about stuff like that, right. obviously around race. And class and privilege and things like that. And she just kind of like lost her ability to connect into where she once was. Yeah, but she's a little smarter. So like she was able to like go through that stage and sort of immediately, not immediately, immediately, but pretty quickly incorporate it into her own uh, narrative. Um, I feel like AJ is more like Caitlin where he just like has gotten he's gotten the same uh information and has like just completely shut down and it right may, yeah may break him it's too overwhelming it's yeah. like it's too overwhelming you know it's caitlin seeing the uh the homeless person and being like we have to help him and and then the homeless person has newspaper for underwear and then she's like i'm gonna kill myself <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know it's 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 that level of that's meadow's old roomie yeah that was yes. r- the blonde one yeah um but yeah it's uh it's sad uh, but i do love that you know for him he's it's like a, this early example of kind of the the information overload uh that is 
I think now leading everyone to severe mental illness. Yeah. Um, more so than, you know, before, because like, not to say that this wasn't always the case. There is not, this is things that happened, but just the idea of him sitting by a computer and just like watching sad news. Yeah. And no, watching it. The ability yeah. to uh, absorb information without doing any deep study is sort of new. Like he doesn't right. have to. Yes. He doesn't actually have to like go to the library or sit through the lectures to hear all this stuff. He can just he can just like cherry pick bits and pieces from yeah. the stuff that he was pay- paying attention to and like you know random and websites that he's going to. Yeah, right. It's he's just getting the raw faces of death shit. <laughs> yeah. And but he's. I mean, she is, is right. It is porn. Like he's probably. I assume he's sort of watching like death porn. Right. Sure. It is porn in a way, and and I do think that's what is going on with him. It's like it's just. Um, it's giving him a different kind of boner. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's giving <laughs> yeah. him a sadness boner. I feel like most kids who I knew who felt this strongly and yet it they didn't know how to like channel that into any kind of action. Right. Just smoked more weed. Right. <laughs> Which I think yes. is the right decision. I, I kind think of I agree. Like that's, I think it's a good decision. Self-medication is, you know, is a is a band-aid on some of this stuff but a band-aid is better than nothing yeah sometimes specifically weed i will just like advocate for weed specifically because it's like i mean i don't know but because it's been a while (laughs) but god damn it but like you know you can still maintain your empathy and you're also like you can be attuned to stuff but you're a little chiller about it yeah Yeah. well i think the they present the obvious solution in this which is that like aj has uh has has imbibed his grandmother's worldview that like it's Mm -hmm. all it's all meaningless and everyone dies alone but what he needs to do is go to vegas and take peyote and understand uh (laughs) and understand what it all means like tony honestly like they really should be giving this kid some dmt and 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean that disassociate for a little bit yes i think that honestly that that would help (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I, I just a uh, side note, but I really, really fucking hate that um, only Elon Musk and Joe Rogan are the people who are talking about uh, how psychedelics they, are not. They're just the ones you're hearing, man. I know, but I just like, but it annoys the fuck out of me because I'm just like this. They are 
correct about this, but that doesn't mean you have to like them. Just right. don't be anti that just sure. because No, hundred percent. I agree. But that is interesting that like it the show this episode opens with Tony having no one to talk to about his experience on Peyote. Right. Yes. And nobody understanding him. And then AJ's also similarly like right. without anyone to talk to but about the depressing stuff. Right. Yeah. And then and then uh Tony is has the same problem after the a suicide attempt where he has no one really to relate to about how severe of an illness that uh, AJ has. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's a little bit downplaying the kind of like problems that their adolescent kids had. Yeah. Because AJ doesn't have the tools to articulate it. He just has the, he only has the tools to use it as like a weird deflection where it's like, mom, remember when you got mad at me for smoking weed on my confirmation day? (laughs) Right. But it's like, this is why I'm fucked up. And everybody's like accurately, realizing that that's a deflection but like right in the process but, ignoring the illness yeah but then you have like carlo or uh patsy parisi being like hey you know my kids get the blues sometimes and he's like <laughs> uh, have they ever tried to kill himself and they're like no but uh sometimes it gets sad and it's just like he at one point he talks to little carmine he said he was talking about little carmine's talking about his daughter having some like eating disorder yeah. And then he's like, oh, so it was pretty serious. And Lil Carmine goes, not really. <laughs> right. Anyways. Yeah, like if, if Lil see... Carmine was Janice, Janice would have been like, well, yes, uh, anorexia is uh, a way of killing yourself slowly. So in that sense, like, yeah, in that she, sense, yeah. exactly. She's someone that has like the ability to sort of uh, reincorporate right. that into her own narrative. Right. Which is, I mean, it would be something that I think in that moment would be helpful for Tony to, in a way, have someone to relate to, to talk to about this. But, yeah, you know. But it's not even the it's not even the severity. It's how he's reacting to it, meaning. Right. It was a it's a really big fucking deal. Whereas like maybe those guys, if that same thing happened, they would just say, you know, that was the blues. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, like, right. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. not as concerned about it, even if it reached that level. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. No, no, I think you're right. Right. I, I I think that they also don't want to open up that much. I love this episode for me is also it really even though it's about AJ, it feels much more obviously about Tony and this broader like, is he a sociopath or mm. is he not? Right. Yeah. And kind of that question. Yeah, it is the question because it is obviously something we've talked about on this show a lot is he a sociopath is he not a sociopath and i would say for the most part his reactions to things that are horrifying is usually pretty sociopathic um usually the only times that he is passionately angry or sad is when something uh, affects him directly in a negative way you know he doesn't feel for others but in the scene where AJ tries to commit suicide, that's probably the first time I've seen him feeling someone else's pain. Mm. Um, and, yeah, but uh, it's his pain because he's being like, AJ's embarrassing him by doing this. Like now he's going to have to talk about it to all his friends. True, true. And, uh, but but it's hard to tell. If for me, I uh, there's a moment there where he's petting him and crying. Yeah, you yeah. get misty-eyed. Sure. Come on. Sure. Uh, I think, I mean, to me, like the sociopathic question, I don't know. I don't know where I come down on that, but I feel like he is doing the uh, classically Italian thing of downplaying like big problems uh, right. while, you know, maintaining like a constant drone of complaints about the small problems. Like he's a guy, yeah. 
He's a guy that will put his fist through some drywall over missing Lomain, but uh, right. his instinct is to like downplay his child committing suicide. Yeah, yeah, and kind of be like, hey, where did I go wrong? Yeah, what and are you going like, to do? Ah, at least he didn't yeah, suffer. Yeah, yeah. Hey, life, at least he didn't suffer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so to get into the, the AJ uh, attempted suicide scene, um, we have Carmela <laughs> is... is... By the way, can I just say, like, this yeah. is just brilliant because I felt like the Sopranos writer's room was like, you know, how can we make suicide, uh, you know, funny? And then, <laughs> then they, they came up with this scene, which is like, you know, it is sad, but I don't know. My my first instinct is to find that suicide oh, totally. attempt just hilarious. There's a hundred percent, and and not just that, but like the scenes preceding it and following it are also they have these moments where it's just like <laughs> yeah, t- so t- funny. Tony like going into the house finding ooh Lincoln logs and like Lincoln st- logs <laughs> stuffing his fa- face with this food that sounds like a gay sex act. <laughs> and uh and and being like ah oh, god Looks damn it so gross my I've dumb never had... my dumb wiener Ugh. kids trying to yeah what was i don't know if that was cream cheese or or mayo I don't that know she was what it was but it looked disgusting it was it, carm made lincoln logs for aj um and aj's too sad to eat them and then next you cut to him sitting on the diving board <laughs> Um, and With a the, the look that you describe, it's okay. There's a lot going on because number one, he's got uh, his feet tied to a cinder block, which is very like, he's giving himself cement shoes. This is, he's doing a mafia death <laughs> yeah. for himself. Not only that, but as soon as he puts the Ziploc bag over his head and then, and then the rubber band around, I realize he's also doing a low key homage to Abu Ghraib. Like that, because that's what he looks like. Sure, looks like the the Abu kind of Abu Grabe. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's like the Abu Grabe guy was standing on like a cinder block or some sort of box, just trying to have some Sunday Abu Grabe. Anyway, (laughs) very good. (laughs) Uh, No, but I, I, it's like he's totally doing like a, you know, um, he's martyring himself uh, at the you know altar of america's uh-huh. you know misdeeds and imperialism and he's just like i i deserve to die the same way that the abu Ghraib i guess people like were they might well, they were standing on blocks which are kind of a little cinder blocky yeah. too that's so, yeah, what i'm saying yeah all right I, I didn't catch that but now that you say it um um he's totally doing an abu Ghraib suicide which is like so and emo. just like logistically <laughs> hilarious on so many levels because like oh yeah it's a, cinder, a lot going on it's a cinder block that he can carry so like underwater that's not gonna do, <laughs> that's not gonna do anything number two right, the right. rope is too long like he the rope is, is not is not short enough to actually drag him down uh yeah just it's, on it's on no, every and level the plastic bag was like I, I was, guess what is that what is that gonna a, do it, are you it, it was like you, you're already gonna be drowning yeah <laughs> like what is the plastic <laughs> bag the plastic yeah. bag is oxygen in yeah, there yeah that plastic bag is actually preventing him from sucking in all of the water that would drown him <laughs> yeah. exactly it'll keep him alive longer i yeah. just love it because he invents the shittiest rube goldberg <laughs> suicide machine yeah because he's like waiting for the mouse to eat the cheese. Yeah, exactly. On, yeah, yeah. At the end of the suicide toast will be made. Um, <laughs> it's just like this is it's so dumb and it's so brilliant and so sad. And so Tony hears him screaming for help and uh, he runs in to save him. He throws his his Lincoln log to the ground as he realizes what's going on. And um, I, I have a clip of that. Help! My arms! 
frozen! Hey, Jake, what the fuck? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You alright? Mm. <laughs> alright. Come here. Come on. Come around. Come on, baby. You alright, baby? like that that legitimately kills me yeah. that, that 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 scene it's kind of the incredible thing about the sopranos is that they're able to make me still take these scenes seriously even they add all the silly stuff yeah and i'm still just like that it's heartbreaking yeah, you you it's like a 180 there. He says, "What the fuck?" and it's hilarious and you right. expect he's just going to be mad at him. And then he sees that he's legitimately bawling and I don't know yeah, when the last suffering. time he saw him suffering and crying like that and just the fucking acting. Oh, oh so oh, good. God. And and I do think that he legitimately felt his feelings there like and he just he wants to make him better you know he's like petting him you're, you're gonna be all right and he starts like crying as well like to me i'm like that is i don't know the clinical definition of a sociopath or whatnot um but i do think that is an example of him feeling other people's feelings and and he's he's shown that before in the show too where sometimes he will stop himself from doing the impulsive sociopathic thing because right. he'll be like mm, damn it i don't want to do the bad thing sometimes it's because he feels for others most of the time it's because he he's trying to be give himself a good self-image of himself which is it's it's complicated i'm sure <laughs> but immediately following that is uh he is checked in aj's checked into a psych ward and he's on a lot of Valium and Carm is crying and <laughs> just like in classic Sopranos fashion, immediately ends the scene with a great laugh line. It's going to be OK. <laughs> it will, Mom. And he was always so happy. <laughs> he was our happy little boy. <laughs> Famously happy, AJ. <laughs> AJ has, I was trying to think about this and I was like, what are the times in which AJ has actually been happy no. on this show? Oh, when he was throwing the trophies in the pool when they got drunk on the commun communion wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he <laughs> broke into the, the school and he stole the sacrament wine. Um, when he was getting high uh, during his confirmation. Uh, the time that he went on his computer uh, and he was just laughing. Uh, yeah just just cracking up in his underwear cracking and up Tony, memes uh, memes um other than I think he was that, trying when he was trying to bang devin pillsbury for a while there i think he was might have been even that he was miserable in that yeah. entire chase you know uh yeah. i i feel like this uh, when he like was getting, when he was getting cunnilingus advice from paul dano yeah 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 <laughs> that was he was legitimately happy then i mean it just with aj I, I, I just with this show in general, it's always as soon as like a tragedy befalls someone, it's immediately rewrite of history. Yeah, immediately yeah. change the narrative on them. He was always so happy. He was my happy little boy, as opposed to like, well, we all knew this was coming, right? Yeah, and every <laughs> single person who dies, like they were a great man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might he have been was happy husband. when he was like six, and we just didn't see it on the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Maybe when he was little, little. But even then, I'm just like. Nah, this is 
this is just another rewrite. He was miserable. The only time he was ever happy when is when he got to like steal a cookie from the cookie jar. You know what I mean? It's also her way of kind of. She's dealing with being, it. Being like, it's not my fault. Yes. He was. He's always so happy. He's a happy boy. It's yeah. college. It's liberal arts. Education. Yeah, it's CRT. It's CRT. Honestly, if this were 2022. <laughs> oh, Carmelo would be he w- at the school board meeting. She would yeah. be at the school board <laughs> meeting like CRT almost killed my son. It would be <laughs> so true. You know, that's what would happen. Yeah. Um, they but, taught uh, him to hate his whiteness so much that he tried to drown himself in my pool. <laughs> He dressed up like Abu Ghraib and then tried to drown himself with cement shoes. That has nothing to do with the fact that we're in the mafia and everything to do with CRT. Um, But yeah, so I I do feel like Carm, you know, is like you were saying, Francesca, uh, like her reaction is a little bit trying to deflect the blame in a way. Mm -hmm. And that kind of continues with the scene where um, Carmela and Tony are like sitting around and Tony admits that he's depressed. And uh, Carmela, rather than just being like, I know, me too, because our son tried to kill himself, she immediately just goes off on him and blames his genetics. And I, I have a clip of that. I'm depressed. Don't you start now. What does that mean? It means what it means. I have enough on my plate. I don't need you adding to it with your bullshit. Bullshit? It's an illness, and it's fucking hereditary. Thank you, I know. I am intimately acquainted with the Soprano curse. Your father, your uncle, your great-grandfather who drove the donkey cart off the road in Avellino, all of it. <laughs> well, you think it's a joke? Am I laughing? What, what are you saying? He didn't get it from my family. Yikes! I mean, fuck, dude. How do you justify literally blaming the genes of your partner i mean it just seems a little a little harsh i just think it's incredible because every time i think like tony's the reactionary one carm always comes in with something actually a little bit less empathetic and even worse yeah than yeah tony. somehow like, darker tony has like a searching about him obviously that's why we love him that's why it's an interesting character right. because he's seeking and searching carm has no fucking curiosity she doesn't start searching <laughs> yeah she it's it's your fucking fault it's yeah. your genes it's your horrible she mom. wants a yeah. nice happy she, home exactly yeah. um and she, look i like i side with her a lot of the show but Most of this the show. fucking episode yeah. you're just like carm you are trash total trash i mean just the idea that she's like, I've had it up to here with your mental illness. It's like, <laughs> and, and, and I kind of, I, in a way I do see where she's coming from because it, it is it not also true that every soprano from Livia to Janice to Tony to now AJ has used mental illness and depression as a way to kind of get away with murder and get away with uh at doing acts of selfish uh, uh selfishness yeah. Yeah, selfishness yeah. and so i get her being kind of over it but also just being like your genes tried to kill your boy <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's the whole thing with tony going to therapy in the first place is like everyone is just like you're in the fucking mob you kill for a living you extort for a living yeah. and now you've got feelings it's a little bit of a like yeah. you can't catch feelings right in the mob right. show and tony has them he's caught them feelings what can you do 
He can learn um, some deflections. It's very important. Yeah. It is very important. And he does. Um, you know, I, I do love the, the, the scene with Melfi and Tony uh, the, the first time where she is trying to process this with him and uh, it doesn't go well. Could have been a cry for help. Aren't you listening? He did cry for help. I meant the botched attempt. On some level, he may have known that the rope was too long to keep him submerged. Or it could just be a fucking idiot. <laughs> Historically, that's been the case. I mean, not wrong. He yeah. is. He is a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, and big balls, right? Yeah. I mean, I do think it was a cry for help. Um, oh, hundred percent. Because it clearly he, wasn't an attempt to kill himself. <laughs> right. Because he could have done it in a less art way. <laughs> yeah. Like there's guns in the house. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I do love him. Uh, like Tony just being like, or he could just be a fucking idiot. Historically, that's been the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So then Carm visits, uh, AJ in the psych ward and, uh, AJ, AJ's obsessed with his mom's cooking this episode, which is kind of the first time I've heard him openly admit that like he loves his mom's cooking yeah. so much. Yeah, lately he's um, been denying her French toast and uh, Lincoln logs. Right, but <laughs> but uh, he says to Meadow like you know when Meadow was like you have to snap out of it and he's like I'm ill Meadow and then he's like also I need mom's cooking it could mess with my blood chemistry because well, she says you should move out which is totally the thing that he is should the correct do. thing yes but then he can't he no he's still and and I I gotta side with tone on this. He's a coddled baby. He is, he is a coddled, coddled baby. mama's boy. He is. And I, I do think that is part of the problem. I think uh-huh. that also the mafia stuff. Yeah. But uh, he's got uh, a few problems, let's say. He's got a few going on. And Mostly it's this generational trauma, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's it, There's a epigenetic generational trauma. He's actually feeling the Italian-American immigrant experience yes. from generations ago. From that donkey cart in Avellino. Yeah, from that don- donkey cart in Avellino. Um, so uh, to kind of close off uh, AJ's storyline here, um, AJ is in this, like, there's a family therapy meeting that happens, uh, and it's got Tony, AJ, Carmela, and the same therapist that he was seeing before he tried to off himself and um he's just going through aj's going through a list of grievances that go back to like second grade which is fucking an incredible i think feat of like holding on to to grievances like i i i consider myself someone who like can hold a grudge or not taking responsibility for your life not take, at all. Yeah, exactly. But like this level is kind of insane. And uh, I, I have a clip. You know, it's always what you think, isn't it? It's ever how I feel. Oh, poor you. Olivia. It's all your mother's fault, isn't it? I didn't say that. You're a mama's boy. You're going to call me names now? No one is calling anyone any names. Well, how about my confirmation? You called me an animal. <laughs> I did not. I was in the garage. And you said, what kind of animal smokes marijuana at his confirmation? <laughs> he was using illegal drugs in the home. God, did it ever occur to you that I might have been self-medicating? Oh. <laughs> Give me a break, will you? And how about second grade? You made me show up to school in that dorky raincoat. 
I got beat up because of it. I mean, oh, straight God. up bringing up the time he wore a raincoat that was dorky. That is fuck, dude. Let me let me just say this about. Um, I mean, one time I didn't have a swimsuit and I had to go in the pool just in underwear. Yeah. And now you hate I've your mom. Sc- I, I hate my mom forever. Yeah. I, I was scarred for a really long time. Kids made fun of me. Did that really happen? Yeah, I was like a t-shirt, and it kept kept on like floating up. So people mm. said, "Didn't see?" Yeah, but I didn't. I was like eight, so I didn't have any. I know, but that's still that's fucked up. You were probably that kid <laughs> who was like, <laughs> "I definitely." Oh, it's oh yeah. Thursday. Why are you wearing Thursday underwear? It's Wednesday. Why? I, is there I had underwear with days of the week on it. Really? <laughs> also embarrassing. Yeah. Why did you have days of the week? Because Santa the... fucking sucked when I was little. Huh? And that's my generational. That's drama. the downside of those days of the week underwears. People can call you out for it being the wrong day. Right? That was a thing? Yeah. Santa would always give me something useful. Son of a bitch. Days of the week underwear is, is a. <laughs> I, I guess it's a smart way to just be like, you can't wear underwear two days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is smart. Um, but so just what I wanted to say about AJ mm-hmm. to close this out is. The way that AJ's character has evolved throughout the show it, to turn into this character kind of reminds me of the way that uh, these articles that come out every fucking, you know, few months that are just like, here's why Gen Z is different than all <laughs> other gens. Uh-huh. Like, and it's always, you know, something that like, you know, oh, they uh, want to take mental health days and <laughs> they, you know, and... and and I just look at like this scene and I go like, this is, he is clearly, he is a millennial. And this is the same shit that you would write about millennials is just like, oh, they, they clearly have, uh, you know, demands about meeting their mental health and like uh, care about how they feel and stuff. And it just like, it makes me realize that all those articles are just the same repurposed shit over and over. It's just like, nah, dude. Upper middle class white kids at the end of America all sound like this. This is just, this is what you're reacting to. It's not that they're fucking a whole new breed, a whole new generation. It's just, this yeah, they is know, what they have new buzzwords to describe yes. things. Right. This is just what the youth are. The youth are suffering and America is over. So. But also, not only the tiniest grievances, but in a life of immense privilege. Yes. Like, it just reminds me of I dated a a wealthy, depressed kid in high school. Yeah. My high school boyfriend. Same shit. Yeah. Same. Just wrote a lot of poetry high also, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but but like he's sort of just medicated by, yeah, like drugs and buying stuff yeah usually if you're wealthy enough that's kind of how it works that's a good way to self-medicate buy some shit how do you self-medicate vince uh alcohol usually that's good too yeah food Food. i do yoga so yeah i play video game i make make podcasts i make podcasts. matt does side quests i do side quests I play video game with SideQuest, and then sometimes I watch movie. And you chew ice real loud. I chew ice loud, <laughs> and I just don't do heroin no more, so I got to chew more ice very loud. Um, and then you do a little bit of a genie 
move. What's the genie move? Uh, like storing sweets and candies in high places so I don't see them, and is, then eating. Is that what genies do? Oh, ge- oh, oh, genie sack. Yeah, genie sack. I thought you meant like a genie in a bottle. Yeah, no, no I, I am. Last name. I am a little bit genie sack in that I do. Mad at genie sack. I have like a little little juice stash of Snickers. Of <laughs> uh, sweets. Okay, so uh, now we get into the. Um, New York asbestos fucking Philly storyline. Um, so uh, basically, this one is is set up for some future shit. But this asbestos thing is not going away. This is uh, continuing to be an issue. I like what they're doing here because it's like no matter how many times David Chase can reiterate that like Tony is not uh, like a likable or sympathetic character, and none of the Sopranos are. He's right. sort of putting us in the shoes of Meadow and Carmela and AJ, which is that he just pits Tony against an even bigger asshole. And right. like this whole storyline, you're like, God, why doesn't he just shoot Phil Leotardo in the fucking head? Like you're kind of <laughs> rooting for him to do vengeance uh, to right. all these guys. And you get a little bit of it, which was nice. Yeah, it is nice. This was uh, a, an episode where you do get to see a little bit of vengeance. Cause he's been holding back up until now. I mean, yeah, essentially like he's been trying to stave off, you know war war. um and he's trying to get philly to act reasonable about like philly wants 25 percent of this fucking asbestos grift that they're doing basically non-union asbestos work which is gonna kill the workers by the way (laughs) who are tearing down the asbestos uh because they're not wearing the space suits and because of um, the union rules apparently because of the union rules it's super fucked up uh, and I love that when the uh, foreman uh, hands Bobby the money, uh, he's just like, well, you don't have an envelope. And it's clear like he this dude doesn't want to shake his hand or anything because Bobby's worried about, well, what if I get asbestos on me? Mm-hmm. And it's like you care about yourself, but not these mafia guys, man. Sometimes I think they're evil. <laughs> Is it because the union had the protections or the union didn't have the protections? The union has the protections. They're using non-union workers. Got it. Right, right, right. Oh, so um, only union people. I was a little confused about how exactly that worked. But yeah, I guess the non-union people are not allowed to use the spacesuits. I mean, yeah. that's what I figured. But then I also know that they like work with unions. No, I, I think I it's it was- it, it, it's that non-union. They're using non-union workers uh, and they're not doing any of the EPA rules as a way to make more cash off of the skim that they're doing so it's like it's uh yeah they're, they're putting cleaning up, it up without having to spend the money to clean yeah because then they would it would cost a bunch of money and they don't want to spend that money right. and that's the the skim they just is what get some ecuadorians and some Pollocks to do it exactly the ecuadorians and Pollocks they have the strong enough lungs to deal with the copd um so Tony has a sit down in uh, Brooklyn with Philly and tries to reason with him about the percentage. And Philly is just not about compromising. He tells him, you know, I wanted to have sex in prison. I compromised. I jacked off. I wanted manigot. I ate grilled cheese off a radiator. Yeah. Um, I wanted spaghetti meatballs. I, I like how Philly can't admit meatball. that he got a blowjob from, uh, you know, a gay man. Like, come That's on. Exactly you didn't just what jerk I was off thinking. all those 20 years, Phil. Get, yes, get out of here. Because there's a, there's a pause when he's like, you know, you know, I wanted a woman. I compromised. And then you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you do? And he's like, I I joked off into a tissue. And, oh, and you're just like, 
bullshit motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, <get laughs> you know that dude was getting a hell of blowjobs in prison from dudes, which is fine. He was probably giving them to. Anyways, um, <laughs> so clearly there's some shit going on. Uh, and so Tony retaliates by not paying um, Butchie and Coco their, you know, their fucking construction site thing whatever yeah, the thing he's is shutting where you down get, he's using his union leverage to shut down some construction can some construction shit basically no show jobs you get paid for and so like butchie and coco from uh, new york's crew they they go to like get their money and the guy's like i'm sorry I don't, I don't have the money and then they beat the shit out of him and and this guy goes hey come on it's not his fault and butchie goes maybe it's your fucking fault <laughs> yeah. which is a great way to get someone to be like you're right i should not have involved myself I realize I was my being mistake. a Budinsky and I recognize that that was wrong. I, I will not Budinsky. Gonna butt out ski. Um, speaking of Polacks, so speaking of You gotta get this Budinsky to stop hey, messing up Ted Budinsky. All right. Uh, so then, um, meanwhile, Meadow is on a date with um, her new secret lover, Patrick Parisi. Mm-hmm. Um, and, not to be uh, confused with Jason Parisi, one of the Jasons. Exactly. Jason Parisi, he's the, 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 the scumbag Jason. This is the uh, well-meaning, the good Parisi. Um, and uh, then Coco comes over and uh, pulls a little shit with Meadow. You're Tony Soprano's kid, right? Yeah. Small world running into you like this, huh? I'm sorry, do I know you? Yeah, you got a little cream on your mouth there, sweetie. Be happy to add to it. What? Is it a problem? Not yet. <laughs> hey, babe, uh, I noticed you had some cream on your mouth. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> So, baby, why did you sneeze? I'm trying to wipe the cream off your mouth. Did you get some cream in your nose, baby? Vince, baby. I'd be happy to add to some of the the cum in your nose. Notice you got some mucus there. Uh, Yeah, I would love to give you some more viscous fluids to spray (laughs) out of your mouth, if you know what I mean. Notice how when he first comes up to her, she's kind of like, yeah, how do you know my dad? There's kind of like a light, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have a... Yeah, we're going to have a nice conversation, Mm -hmm. me and this very Italian man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Oh, okay, go ahead, Vince. Sorry. It's all right. Podcast. Where were we? What was I talking about? Coco. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, so Coco is a little Mexican boy who... um, He dreams of playing la guitarra. He wants to play la guitarra. And he has. Coco convinced me that I needed to have kids. And is that right? His mom is like, "Ain't no guitarra gonna put no food on no tabla (laughs) and ninguna mesa." Yeah, Yeah. no, but there's another Coco who uh, is uh, trying to wipe uh, fake cum off of Meadow's mouth. Um, Anyways, Meadow in the next scene goes and tells Tony what happened with Coco, and um, I get, and I feel like this is. Uh, this is like the other side of the coin where like the last time that uh, something like this happened was like when Melfi got raped in a parking garage and the whole time we're kind of waiting for Tony to uh, exact vengeance and, yes. and David Chase was edging us. But this time he's like bringing us to climax a little bit where we. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, that he, was the last episode I was on too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Melfi rape episode. Yeah. yeah. So this is, it's like the same episode, but at the very end, uh, 
Meadow says, yes, this guy Coco pulled some shit. And uh, so then Tony goes to uh, visit Coco at Coco's restaurant. <laughs> wow, whoa. Sit down. Sit down. Easy. You're making a big fucking mistake. Sorry. I'm gonna put a ball in your fucking head, huh? And then he does the curb stomp. Don't do it! Yeah, he, he curb stomps him and gets all them teeth everywhere. And he gets one tooth uh, stuck in the cuff of his, uh, of his like, pants yeah. while he's in therapy with this kid who's just like, one time I dressed weird and now I'm sad. That's probably why, huh? And he's like, sure, yeah, that's it. It's not this uh, fucking tooth that's stuck in my fucking Who's the guy that's there right with now? Coco, his buddy? Forget the Butchie. guy's name. Butchie, Butchie. yeah. Butchie. I wish he would have yeah. shot Butchie, too. I mean, like, yeah. My, like, sociopathic thirst for vengeance was I love vengeance. on full display as a viewer. Because I was like, ah, why doesn't he just shoot Butchie? And then when Phil was talking shit from the upstairs window, I was like, he should just go in and kill Phil's whole family and burn his house down. Yeah, you figure, <laughs> you know, it's uh, for a guy who's... Sopranos has trained you well, Vince. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, for a guy who's, like, imp- does impulsive violence all the times, uh, all the time, the times where he doesn't, you're just like... Well, come on. Well, I mean, the, the soprano, I mean, the mafia, the whole world is like this, uh, this constant pretense that there are norms that must be observed. Um, yeah. And then this is one of those times where clearly he's like, okay, I guess we're playing prison rules now. And yeah. uh, I really wanted him to, because there's a, you can be sad about the norms going away or you can, uh, or you can embrace them yeah, you and can at embrace least them. get some, uh, some fun out yeah, of it. Make get some, a little, uh, Make an, NF- make an NFT, make some crypto, like make exactly. your, you know, we can profit off of those. That make a little arms. NFT exactly. of Coco getting curbs down. Yeah, yeah, a little NFT gif of and Coco then, losing his teeth. Yeah, his NFT teeth are all over the floor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Non-fungible teeth. It's one of the first times, though, that they like the worlds cross over, right? That someone actually steps to one of his family members. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His family usually does not get fucked with, um, or at least, you know, like... Uh, not his daughter, you know, like mm-hmm. his, uh, you know, Janice get, is fucked with, but he mostly blames Janice every time that happens. And to be fair, it's usually Janice's fault. Sure, yeah. She inserts um, herself. She's a Budinsky classic. She's a classic <laughs> Budinsky. But uh, this was one of those uh, situations in which I think it warranted some sort of response. But Tony realizes he fucked up um, and asks Lil Carmine to kind of, you know, broker a piece between him and Philly. Mm-hmm. And um, he wants him to... Uh, Figure out this alteration between him and Phil. Got to figure out the alteration. And uh, <laughs> and they go over to Philly's house and they're greeted by Butchie. And uh, the scene, uh, does it does not go well for, for any of them. Butch, how are you? Phil is not accepting visitors right now. I just talked to him on the phone, Butchie. Not nobody, not know how. <laughs> That's right, cocksucker. Go back to New Jersey. Phil, what are you doing? Take that piece of shit and get off my stoop. But we just talked about this. Well, cooler heads prevailed. Uncle Philly. Uncle Philly, my ass. 
Will you just come down so we can discuss this? There's nothing left to discuss, Carmine. Him hiding out in his tower, talking <laughs> the through the screen, <laughs> yeah, so good, is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. funny. Yeah, you better run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go back to your car. That I just, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, right, yeah, pussy. Yeah, was <laughs> like I, he was trying to see you, man. Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you were Yelling the one that said the... <laughs> that you couldn't see him. He's just in his master bedroom, just going, "Yeah, cowards!" And just like, "No, man, you are literally hiding from them." <laughs> You are hiding. And uh, he is, but he is kind of that old crotchety woman. I don't know. Yeah. man just screaming through yeah. his screen. Yeah. He's, he's just, an old man. He wants he's to like, get off my lawn. He wants yeah. to scream threats and feel big. And uh, yeah. it doesn't really uh, apply to what's happened in the reality. He's just. Right. It's a perfectly, I think you should expect your ass to get beat. Maybe not curb stomped, but if you. Mm hmm threaten essentially someone's kid a mob boss's daughter yeah a mob boss's daughter in, in like not just threaten but public. like like sexually humiliate trying to yeah. do like basically sexual harassment to his daughter yes. it's like you're gonna get groups yeah no that's i think that's within the rules i don't know the i haven't consulted my mafia handbook but i'm pretty no, sure yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. in there somewhere yeah the dsm6 the <laughs> dick sucking mafia six <laughs> all right yeah, the um, lcm6 Mm-hmm. The or the what LCN is, six, sorry, La Cosa Nostra. La Cosa Nostra, yeah, yeah. that's right. Damn, that's really good. Um, so yeah, uh, Philly won't see Tony, and uh, maybe something gonna happen. Maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Um, but uh, yeah, so that uh, that ends the episode. That's mm -hmm. essentially what happens. Um, and we'll see if this asbestos thing and curb stomping fucking gets worse and worse um in future episodes uh, vince uh francesca um favorite least favorite real quick or do, do you guys have a favorite scene a least favorite scene or a scene that we missed we we mostly talked about my favorite scenes but i uh one one thing one uh like little uh, moment that i really enjoyed is when uh when uh, melfi is talking to dr elliot kupferberg yes, and he's yes. talking about how talk therapy is useless on sociopaths uh mm -hmm. i think he means the irish but anyway uh <laughs> freud said sociopaths and the irish are the same <laughs> no but the, the the move where he uh takes a drink off of his water bottle and it's in like the fancy like mesh fanny mesh pack yeah <laughs> just so multiple drinks i love that multiple detail swigs. that he has like a little he has a cute little pouch for his water bottle Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah he's got like a nerd side bag but i really love first of all elliot's the worst therapist i'm sorry he reminds yeah. me of what a shit therapist he is no. yeah he's just and, getting and boners I, off of her problems yes. yeah but i also really like the question that he brings up which i this is the point he's so pathetic he's drinking from his little like meshy water bottle but then he brings up this really interesting like you know they say that actually you know, psychoanalysis only gives sociopaths more ways to manipulate you. Right. They sharpen yeah. their skills as con men. Yeah. yeah. Which, Which is, is exactly what's happening. It is exactly what's happening. But like low key, isn't that part of therapy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. There was part of me yeah. that I was like, I'm pretty sure that I've gotten to the point with multiple therapists where eventually I'm like, I'm just conning them at this point and what i mean by that is like i i've come to a point where i want them to like me and i know what they want to hear and i know how i can 
uh, like sound cured. <laughs> you know what I mean? And all you have to say is that your mother is kind of like a bus. Exactly. The guys That's... climbing on and off of her all day long. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, that. Yeah, what was it? He, what is? What was that again? Yeah. So that was like uh, a, this is. It was like I mean, it was a nice moment. He said, "Mothers are like." the bus driver mm. like they're gonna drop you off and go somewhere else and you're always trying to get back on the bus they continue on their journey and the problem is that we keep trying to get back on a bus instead of just letting it go that's very insightful well, jesus don't act so surprised <laughs> it is very insightful but again like all i could think about during that scene is your mama's like a bus like <laughs> <laughs> Of just men riding her all day, in and out, faceless men. On and off. On and off they go. I would just like completely did not relate to that at all. I was like, I guess if you had mom issues, but my mom keeps on trying to get me to be a passenger once again. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, I'm good. I'm walking. Your mom wants you back on this bus so bad. Right. And I'm like, nope, don't want on the bus. Yeah. I'm and- good. And she just stop. parks at a stop and she goes, okay. And then you walk towards her like, I'm sorry, mom. I'll go on a bus for a little. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, every every person's got a different mom bus. Um, I What I liked about it was uh, I did like the fact that after she says that was really insightful, he's like, oh, don't, you know, don't act so surprised. And then the look on his face of pure self-satisfaction oh, yeah. when he realized when he literally just had like for for him Melfi is mommy and mommy just said good job here's yeah. a treat yeah and he feels so good mm-hmm. he's so proud of himself for having an insightful thought i, I, love I also that. think he's right because like you know your mom really is like a bus like she's she's stinky she will let anyone inside of her uh she's always going from corner to corner uh-huh. there's a lot of ads for getting aids tested around uh, there's uh you know uh, a lot of mix all right um so those are uh that, that was a scene we didn't talk about that i loved um and uh yeah i think I think that does it for this episode. I think if I if I had to give it a letter grade, um, I would. I think I'd give this episode a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Uh, solid B plus. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Francesca, what would you give this episode? A minus. A minus. Mm. What the Bold. fuck is your problem? <laughs> Why? It's good. All right. A it's minus. good as hell. And and the juxtaposition of him beating the shit out of people right after, mm-hmm. you know, he's thinking about his own depression. Yeah. We're just kind of coalescing around who is Tony and how do we actually feel about him at the end of the day. Yeah. Is he a sociopath? I say no. For sure, no. Yeah. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a yeah, good guy. I think he's just, this show is about a cool guy. He's a cool guy who's just yeah. trying to do right by his family. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all agree yeah, with that together. All right. Well, so I'd say that would average out to a solid B-plus episode of The Sopranos and a solid A-plus episode of A Pod of Yourself Again. Francesca, if you're on Tini, thank you so much for coming on my podcast again. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Where can I'm people... so sad that it's almost, it's almost well, This chapter is almost over. This chapter is almost over. Listen to the Bituation Room podcast and, you know, uh, follow me at Franny Fio on mm. everything. Uh, uh, okay. 
everyone should do that. Please watch the Bistuation Room uh, a stream or listen to the podcast. It's a very good show. Thank you once again, my we gotta love. we got to do a crossover episode at some point. Habituation room uh, slash broadcast. Broadcast. Yeah. Broadcast. Watching room. Broadcast. Yeah, room. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. Keep it in the keep it in the backlog. Patreon.com slash broadcast for all of the bonus episodes in which Vince and I talk about movies and other things. The $8 uh, tier gets you a shout out. Okay, so the first is Jordan Harvey. Uh, we're going to call this guy uh, Weinstein. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, it works, but, you know. We're going to call this guy Air Weinstein. Air Weinstein. <laughs> All right. Jordan Air Weinstein Harvey. Um, and the next is Regal Johnson. Oh, we call this guy the Count because he's so regal. I guess he'd have to be the king, huh? I'm calling him the Count. Counts are regal, aren't they? He's sure. Yeah, the count. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, th- yeah. Let's let's go with that. And then finally, we have Gregor Thompson. Mm. We call this guy the cockroach. Why? Oh, wasn't, Gregor. Wasn't Gregor the guy in Kafka who turns into the cockroach? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cockroach. Th- that is right. Yeah, yeah. Gregor is the guy who turns into a into a cockroach in in the Metamorphosis. All right, we yeah. can call this guy uh, that's a cockroach. A deep, that's a deep cut. That's it is a very good. deep. Uh, you, you're really because the metamorphosis. Yeah, you know. Look, word that's association. <laughs> word association works. Uh, once again, Patreon.com/slash/broadcast eight dollar tier gets you those shout outs. And you know what, guys? Uh, three is not enough. So fucking get your shit together, okay, bros? Thank you very much. <laughs> broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing.
My name is fucking L.A. Matt. Flip, 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 flip. Up in that ass with that gas. AJ Soprano just read Chomsky. Now he thinks he's a foremost authority. Did you know that capitalism's really bad? Didn't start it on Palestine. AJ, watch your Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.